0: I want you to open your Bible to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Your fellowship in the gospel. This is taken right from verse 5 in Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> A few weeks ago, we, we tried to go down sometime in the winter, at least for probably. Uh, a week or so, maybe 10 days to visit our family. We have family down in Florida. Two of our, this is weird. We, we, uh, we met in South Florida. We went to Florida Bible College and we met in South Florida working in a church from a FBC uh, pastor. And then we ended up, you know, years later moving to Minnesota. We had all of our children in Minnesota and now two of our daughters live with their families back in South Florida. It's like make up your mind. You know what's what's going on here, but anyways, we were down there, and I had the privilege. I was I was asked to speak at um, on a Wednesday night at Cape Baptist Church, which Dr. Rod and Cindy Holler uh, they are down there, and then also at Seaside Bible Church, where uh, our oldest daughter Michelle, her husband Pastor Brian Casey, a lot of you know Brian, uh, they started that church in Vero Beach. And so I got to speak at a seaside on Sunday morning. And um, when we were there, it was such a blessing to be in both churches because both churches stand on this issue of the gospel of grace. There's no question about it. They're doctrinally sound. They believe like we do. And you go to churches that are like-minded and what do you do? You feel at home. You just feel at home. You have an instant connection with people like that. And of course, that is the way it is when you come to Quentin Road as well. We come down here, we feel at home. And that is the way it ought to be. What a blessing it was for us to be in both of those churches. One of the days when we had downtime, I was talking to uh, our middle daughter, Kim, who's in uh, Cape Coral, and I was talking to her about the rich heritage we have, all of us. In a a way, in one way or another, the rich heritage that goes back, now obviously it goes back to the word of God, but in, in way of us remembering things, the rich heritage we have in Florida Bible College, how so many of us were in some way connected with Florida Bible College, it is a very special link and a heritage because it goes back to this message that Pastor Dave alluded to, this gospel, this salvation by grace Message. And this is really the link that is, connects all of us. There's friendships. We get that. There's environment. We get that. There's, there's old friends and this and that. Young friends too, by the way. But, um, there's all of that. But really, 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 what really brings us together and what is the, 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 the focal point, the rallying point? It's the gospel. And this is biblical. And this is why this is so wonderful. In Philippians chapter one and verse one, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy, catch this, verse five, for your fellowship, in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. As I was talking to our, <coughs> our daughter Kim, I said, This heritage, Kim, I want you to understand how all this works together. It is a it is a phenomenal thing that took place. Of course. The Word of God, that's where everything begins. But then Florida Bible College, Dr. A. Ray Stanford, I went to a meeting August 2nd, 1972, and I didn't know who he was from Adam. I didn't even know who Adam was for that matter. I I was just religious but lost. And he got up and he spoke and he explained the gospel and he used this this thing with the wallet. Have you ever seen that before? And anyway... um, I trusted Jesus Christ as my savior. Well, of course, by the time all this took place, Dr. Scudder had already gone to Bible College, Florida Bible College. I didn't know him either. And I didn't know Pastor Bill Adams. A lot of you know Bill Adams. But what happened, because of the gospel, we have come in contact with each other over the years, and we became friends, and it was because of the fellowship of the gospel, the things in common of the gospel, okay? The word fellowship means joint participation or having things in common. Dr. Curtis Hudson used to say fellowship. He defined it as two fellows in the same ship. That's pretty good theology. And that is the way he explained it. But I I thought about it. Here's the way it happened. And I want you to understand this because the, the, the wonderful work that Quentin Road has done Some of that is in there as well. And then what Dr. Scudder did so expanded on the foundation we received and the teaching we received, the sound teaching we received at Florida Bible College. So there was Dr. Stanford. I trusted Christ as my Savior. A year later, I went to Florida Bible College and I enrolled. And then I started working. (laughs) I started working with a church in South Miami, Pastor Jack Weaver. Pastor Jack Weaver was led to the Lord by Dr. Stanford, and he had Palmetto Bible Chapel. And so I started working down there in his ministry first as is is in youth ministry, and then there was a girl going to the church down there. Her name was Sue Coe. Yes, that's her. My wife. A few years later, we we're married. But I wouldn't have known her had it not been for the gospel, the clear presentation of the gospel and people getting saved. And so all of this started taking place. Well, while I was there, I was working with junior high kids, but there was somebody working with the high school kids who was also a Florida Bible College graduate. His name was Bill Adams. And so I got to get to know Bill. We became friends, by the way, we are still friends at that. And then as time went on, Uh, I left, uh, uh, we left um, uh, South Florida and I went to work for another Florida Bible College graduate by the name of Yankee Arnold in Colorado. And so I worked a year uh, with with Yankee. And then after that, we left, we went to North Florida and then Bill uh, Bill and I were still in connection with one another. He told me of an opportunity (laughs) He told me of an opportunity in Minnesota that people, it seemed like they wanted to have a church in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Well, of course, I wasn't interested in Minnesota. I figured everybody lives in igloos. They don't drive cars. They drive, you know, dog sleds and so forth. But nevertheless, I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to come up, check out Minnesota. I went up. We didn't have the money for both of us to come look at it, so I went up. And I looked at it, and it was like there was just a confirmation. This is the will of God for your life. This is the will of God. And so what that's, 40-some years ago now, we moved up to Minnesota. Pastor Bill Adams, by the way, at that point, was in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Now, keep in mind, I did not know Dr. Scudder. But all of this has as its foundation the clear gospel, sound Bible teaching that we received at Florida Bible College, all right? And so then, a few years after I was there, and things were going rough, but we were, we were trying to do our best and all that, uh, Bill connected with Dr. Scudder. Dr. Scudder, at that point, Quentin Road was having camp up at Home Place Resort. And so uh, he invited me up to meet Dr. Scudder, and I remember pulling in. We, we pulled in to the campground there at the Home Place Resort, and uh, the first person I saw when we pulled in was this little kid on a four-wheeler. His name was Jimmy Scudder. And that day I met Dr. Scudder. And of course, we became friends through that. And the relationship with our church, with Quentin Road, began going all the way back to our fellowship in the gospel. Okay, Let me tell you something. If Dr. Scudder was not doctrinally sound on the gospel, I would not have been friends with him. It just would not have clicked. Now, we would have been cordial as human beings, right? Because that's the way we should be. But we would not have had the relationship over the years that we did and the cooperation that we did. So this all goes back. Well, then over time, certain other people then come into your life. So now we have a relationship with, with Quentin Road, and then we started meeting other people through the Quentin Road ministry. I got to know somebody who's become a good friend of mine. His name is Jim Maserino. Have you ever heard of him? He's, at Bemidji. he's in Bemidji. He's in Minnesota, and we are good friends. What really is at the core of that, though? It's not just that we're Italian. It's that we have a fellowship in the gospel, Do you see it? Do you see how all this amazing thing, it it all ties together and it's so beautiful. And then through that, we we meet up with, and it's all because of this fellowship in the gospel. We meet up with people such as Freddie Coyle. All right, I know Pastor Jim did a great few interviews with him recently, and, and Freddie's a good friend of ours. And then I got to know over the years, uh, Pastor Dan Rehoff, of course, he, he was just Dan Rehoff for many years, but now he's pastoring a wonderful church in Waukesha area, and then uh, over the years got to meet, uh, oh, there's so many, okay, I could go on and on, Dr. Ron Citron in India, and, and then Burbal Boodram in Trinidad, all of them, Florida Bible College graduates, all of them trained in doctrinal clarity in the truth of the gospel of grace. Do you see how amazing this is, how all this fits together? And all these ministries, and now the graduates are going out from Dayspring, and we've got missionaries from Dayspring and from the church here that we support in the Philippines and in other places, in Chile and so forth, okay? Um, it's amazing. Why Why are we supporting these? Because we know where they stand doctrinally, and the core, the foundation of that is the gospel. This issue of the fellowship of the gospel is a huge deal. We would not be able to work with people who are not sound on the gospel. We just wouldn't do it. It's it's a conviction based on the word of God. Kind of interesting, a few weeks ago, I heard that the... uh, they're, they're making plans, and I don't know if it'll go through or not, they're making plans to tear down the old Florida Bible College hotel in South Florida. Linda, did you hear about that? They're, they're making plans to tear it down. That building, I've got a connection to it. I got saved in that building. Okay, it means something to me. Now, I'm not going to weep once it goes down. Okay, That's, it's just a building. We get that. But there's that connection. It stood for something. The first time I ever walked into that building, the atmosphere was electric. I didn't know what it was. You know what it was? It's the same thing that we have around here. It's this excitement about sharing the gospel with a lost world. That's the excitement, okay? That's the motivator with all these. By the way, there are others along the line, okay? We're friends with Pastor Jesse Martinez in, in, uh, in Tampa at Calvary Community Church. That church was started by Dr. Hank Lindstrom, who was a Florida Bible College graduate, who was led to the Lord by Dr. Stanford. So, so much of this goes back, and it's all related, and we're all related together. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. But can I tell you this? And it's, it's no different theologically than what we have here in this ministry and in Dayspring. When I went to Florida Bible College, I have been privileged as my wife has from the moment we got saved, we have never been under unbiblical teaching. Every ministry we work with was doctrinally sound ever since the day we got saved. That cannot be said for very many people because there is a lot of false teaching that's going on today. And I hear from people on a regular basis from literally all over the world. I've been uh, corresponding with somebody in Sweden just recently about they cannot find a church that's doctrinally sound where they are in Sweden. They cannot find a church that's clear on the gospel. But the foundational teaching that I received at Florida Bible College, I have not had to unlearn it. And it's the same teaching that the students at Dayspring are learning. What a blessing, what a gift to not have to unlearn. Okay? So many people have been brainwashed into false teaching, things such as Calvinism and, and Lordship Salvation and, and all these other uh, uh, false teachings that are going on today. Listen, Calvinism is like a global pandemic. Of false teaching. And it is going all over the world and it is spreading like crazy. It is taking over Minnesota like COVID did. I mean, it's unbelievable. Churches are being overrun now. they're, They're bringing, the churches either are bringing or being deceived into bringing pastors into their churches, churches that were not Calvinistic churches but are now embracing Calvinism. And they've got churches that are full of people in despair because. Calvinism teaches that you really can't have the assurance of salvation until you die. You have to die, quote unquote, in the faith. Folks, that is a false doctrine. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That's what God says about it. But see, people get so impressed with with, uh, uh famous people in, in in Bible circles or church cir- circles or ministry circles that they say, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not understanding John 3.16. No, you understand John 3.16. Any person can read John 3.16 and understand it. It's when you've got false teachers come and they'll say things like, well, I know it says for God so loved the world, but it doesn't really mean the world. Well, don't you think God could have said it a different way? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, you can look at the verse and know, whosoever means the people of the world. And God loves the world. In other words, God loves everybody. He offers salvation to anyone who will trust in Jesus Christ as their payment for sin. That's what the Bible says. If you read John 3:16, that's what you get from it. Not, well, I don't know if the word "world" means "world" or not. It means exactly what it says. The Bible says, "The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." Question for you tonight: How many of us were lost? All of us were lost, right? Nobody's born saved. Son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. If if all of us were lost, that means he came to seek and to save all of us. Doesn't that just make sense? That's the clear reading of that verse. But Calvinists will come in and say, no, it doesn't really mean that. Okay, Folks, this is a serious issue. We, however, can have something wonderful. Not only can we have our churches, we can have something wonderful like the Grace Conference. Which emphasizes and promotes and focuses on the clarity of the gospel. Why? Because the clarity of the gospel, if people on, if we become, as we should, experts at making the gospel clear, more people will be saved. And that's the heart of our Savior. That's where He's at. And so, this relationship, this fellowship is a wonderful thing, okay? And so, over the years, we sent lots of students here, or lots of our graduates from our school, to Day Spring Bible College. And they come, and some of them stay here. Some of them grab a spouse and go back to Minnesota or somewhere else. And that's okay, too. But what is the common thread? Let me tell you something we would have never sent them here had we not had the fellowship of the gospel. This is so important, so important. Those fundamental truths that we've learned that we know are true, salvation by grace, eternal security, grace versus works, the two natures of the believer, all right? Why do we still sin once we're saved? Because we still have an old nature, that's why. We have a new nature, yes, and the power to overcome, but we still have an old nature. That's why we sin. Free will, dispensationalism, pre-tribulational rapture, chastening and rewards, all of those things, they were clearly taught to us and they're being clearly taught to you because these are based on salvation by grace. So let me, in the time I have remaining, let me just emphasize five things to you, okay? The first one is this. I, we need to understand, number one, the value of, of our message, the value of our message. There is only one way to heaven. If we cover that up or confuse that, it's like, it's like closing the door to heaven for people. If we cannot get them to know the truth... They'll never know the truth. It's not just gonna occur to them how to be saved. They have to hear the gospel that Christ died for their sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, three and four. And when you believe, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone to get you to heaven, he gives you everlasting life that moment. And that's why you can know you're going to heaven. You can know it. The value of our message. If we lose it, the door to heaven is hidden and as good as closed to those who are lost. It is the only message that brings salvation. Did you know in the book of Philippians where you are right now? Four little chapters. The word gospel is used nine times in four little chapters. Paul said this in Romans 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, 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 Singular, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Notice the condition to salvation, to everyone that does what? Believes, that's all. Not believes in works, believes in commits, believes in changes, no, believe. Because we're helpless sinners in need of a savior. We cannot save ourselves. And that is why Jesus came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And when you put your faith in him that he died for you and rose again as the full payment for your sin, he gives you as a free gift everlasting life. I'm not ashamed of that message. And I know here at Quentin Road, you're not ashamed of that message. And that fellowship that we have, and in all those ministries I mentioned tonight, they're not ashamed of that message. And so there's a bond and there's a beautiful thing in that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein, in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So not only do we see the value of our message that it's, there's only one way Number two, there's, along with that, the uniqueness of our message. It is the only message that is all grace. It is the only message that is all grace. When somebody says, oh, I believe in salvation by grace, I believe you have to believe in Jesus and you have to live a faithful life and you have to, no, no, that's not all grace. When we think of Calvary, mercy there was great and grace was what? Free. Free. Grace is always free because grace means unmerited favor, undeserved kindness. If I can merit it by doing some sort of faithfulness, then it's no longer grace. It's no longer grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We have this in our church as well. Look at it. For by grace are you saved. Stop, how are we saved? By grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. We know that's in Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. You cannot, can't save yourself. It is the gift of God, gifts are free. They've always been free. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Man's works have no part in saving you, okay? The only way you're saved is by grace, and grace is free, and it's based on simply putting your faith in Jesus Christ, trusting in him, and he'll give you everlasting life. It must be free. It must be by grace because anything added to grace would pervert grace and change the meaning of grace. It would nullify grace. Galatians 2.21, Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So we see the value of our message. There's only one way to heaven and we need to keep it clear. We see the uniqueness of our message. It's based on nothing but the grace of God. The grace of God. I am so, by the way, that's why you can know you're going to heaven because it's not based on how you perform. If it's based on how you live, you can never know you're going to heaven. You can never know it. But if it's based on what Christ did for you, you can know it. And all he asks you to do is believe that. Number three, can I tell you this one? The scarcity of those who clearly understand our message. The scarcity of those who clearly understand our message, okay? We've had people tell us this. When we stand, we camp out on the clarity of the gospel, and they'll say things like, you all make such a big deal of this. Everyone believes what you believe. (laughs) Have you heard that one? Let me tell you something. Not everybody believes what we believe. Not everybody believes what the Bible says on this issue of salvation, Most people think it's grace and works of some kind, and they're giving a false gospel. Remember, there's only one gospel. There's only one. Things that are different are not the same. If this message is all grace and this one is grace plus something, they're not the same. The only way this could be the same as this is if this was all grace and this is all grace. Then they're not two different ones. They're one. God says there's only one way, and it's by grace through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. So we see the scarcity, and there is a scarcity. You might say, how do you know that? God has blessed our internet ministry. Uh, we had no idea God would God would use it, but we're hearing from people all the time. Thousands of people, okay, are watching our stuff and. I'm getting letters every single week, emails from people all over the world about different things. And a lot of the stuff they're confused on is eternal security. And they'll say things like, well, I don't feel saved. Or I'm not sure I'm saved. Or, well, I trusted Christ. I thought I trusted Christ, but still I'm still sinning in my life. And all these different things that are going on. The letters I'm getting more or the emails I'm getting more than any other right now is this one. We Cannot find a church anywhere in our region that has the gospel right. Anywhere. Folks, don't think that, well, yeah, this, the Quentin Road, they, they've got the gospel, but a lot of churches have the gospel. No, they don't. No, they don't. This is unique. What you have here is unique. And there is a scarcity of those who clearly understand the message. I'm telling you, I get it all the time from people. We have gone to every church that we think we can go to and none of them have the gospel. They're either putting works on the front of it or works on the back end of it. They don't believe it's all by grace. They don't believe it's by faith alone, in Christ alone. Or they'll say this, well, you people, you, know, you, you just wanna argue this point. It's it's all semantics after all. You know what I say to that? You're right. Because the word semantics, definition of semantics, is the, the meaning of words. What do words mean? And so when somebody says give Jesus your heart, that's not the same as put your faith in Jesus Christ. Me giving is not the same as me receiving. Those are two different things. Do you understand? Commit your life to Christ, okay? It's me, again, doing something. It's not me believing something. The two are not the same. Say, well, people mean the same thing. If they mean the same thing, let's say the same thing as what the Bible says. Let's be clear on this issue. You are sitting in a unique church, unique. It is rare to have a church that is doctrinally sound as this one is. So you need to deeply value it. Well, you people believe that just because that's what you've been taught. No, we believe it. Listen, we do not hold to our beliefs because that is what we've been taught. We hold to our beliefs because they have proven themselves to be true. That's why we hold to them. And we need to take a stand in love with kindness, but take a stand saying this is where we're at. That's why years ago when the Grace Conference was started, I was so thrilled by that and how God has used it and blessed it and helped people to understand these issues and how important they really are. Our missionaries that we support, what a blessing. Can I tell you this? Most churches that support missionaries, they're supporting people that don't have the gospel right or that are off on this or off on that and all that. All of our missionaries, and by the way, we support many through In Grace, but all of our missionaries are doctrinally sound. All of them. We wouldn't have it any other way. Because we're not going to give money to somebody. We're not going to give prayer support to somebody who's sharing a false message that does not bring salvation. We're not going to give them anything. Why? It's our fellowship in what? in the gospel. This is what Paul was talking about. Number four, can I say this as we're moving through this? The importance of standing with and encouraging those who are like-minded with the message. Folks, this is important because the true gospel of grace today is, continues to be attacked, all right? The, the, uh, the, uh, the false doctrine of Calvinism, as we don't make that our main focus, the gospel's our main focus, but standing against Calvinism. Now, why would we do that? You might say, well, all these people believe the same thing. They don't. Did you know this? People who are true Calvinists, five point Calvinists, do you know many of them will actually say what I'm about to say? They will say this quote, The tulip, the five points of Calvinism, the tulip is the gospel. It is the gospel. Now, that's a serious problem, isn't it? Because that's not what the Bible says. So that can't be the gospel if it disagrees with what the Bible says. They're not the same. We need to stand, speak the truth in love. But we do need to stand on this. It's so important. And those who are doctrinally sound, we need to stand with them, and we need to encourage them, and we need to be their friend, all right? And what, what do I mean uh, uh, on this? Well, obviously, there's the obvious one, the truth of the gospel. We understand that. But can I tell you this, folks? Sometimes there'll be a church as an example, okay? This is, this is a Quentin Road Baptist Church. Our name years ago, you used to be Quentin Road Bible Baptist Church. Actually, at one point, this was Quentin Road Bible Church. We were St. Cloud Bible Church when we started. And then we moved out of St. Cloud into a a satellite town called Sauk Rapids. So then we were not going to go Sauk Rapids Bible Church. I don't like the sound of that. We'll change it to Northland Bible Church. And so we changed the name. What changed in our beliefs? Nothing. And then when we were looking at getting property... Dr. Scudder, we were talking about, he says, well, why don't you do like we did, do Northland Bible Baptist Church, so then we changed that. Well, I don't wanna change the name anymore, so we're just gonna leave it the way it is. But what changed doctrinally? Nothing changed doctrinally. Nothing changed here doctrinally, nothing changed in our ministry. Why? Because the core is the core. Here, I said that to say this, okay? Your name is not the issue. It's what you believe is the issue, okay? Baptist church, are you doctrinally sound? Bible church, are you doctrinally sound? Community church, are you doctrinally sound? Do you have a generic name that no one fully understands what you believe on the surface? Are you doctrinally sound? Are you clear on the gospel? That's the issue. And there are people in all these different places. The ones who are clear, and they are rare, but we come across them, we need to be their friend, okay? We may not, now I'm not talking about compromising truth, but you know as well as I do, different churches have different cultures, don't they? Some church will have a song leader. Other churches will have a, like a worship team or whatever. Which one's right? Which one's right? They're both fine because that's not directed in the scripture. We just let that be, Right? Some churches don't have Wednesday night or Sunday night. Some churches do. Which one's right? They're both fine. Whatever they think God wants them to be. The key is what do you believe about the gospel? These are the days when we need to stand and stand together for the faith of the gospel. And let me give you one more point here tonight in closing. The commitment to exhort the next generation to continue in the fellowship of the gospel. The commitment to exhort the next generation to continue in the fellowship of the gospel. Listen, listen. We don't force our young people to go to Bible college, but we do encourage them to go. And I'll say this, you know, we do encourage them, to say, at least try a year. We hope they'll go four years but at least try a year. It's sort of like, you know, your cell phone. Are you listening to see if God's gonna call you? Okay, now, don't, oh yeah, I'm listening for God's call. Yeah, but you've got it on silent, so to speak. You got it switched. You really aren't, you're not taking calls from God. No, we need to take calls from God. This is a serious time in, in, in the history of the world, folks, More people need the gospel, not less. That means we need more Christians involved in preaching the gospel of grace, not less. We need more people involved in sound local churches. So I want them to get good training to where you can go out and do this. And yes, our local churches are training, but you know what? Bible college accelerates the training. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're there every day in Bible college, you can learn Faster the things that you need to learn. They're still learning those same things in the local church, if the church is worth anything. But we need to encourage the next generation. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. Also, pass it down, pass it down, pass it down, pass it down, okay? Parents, train your children to be ministry-minded, okay? Train them to understand the importance of the gospel, the clarity of it. Train them to understand the importance of the local church, serving the Lord, living a godly, separated life the way we should. Train them, disciple them. This is our job. We see that in the word of God. I have more I could say, but we're short on time tonight. Let me close with the most important thing for you to understand. You might be here tonight and you're not sure where you're going when you die. Let me tell you right now, before you get up, you can be sure you're going to heaven. You can be sure of it. Let me explain it to you. This is how it was explained to me. You say, "Why do you use that wallet thing?" Everybody uses that wallet thing. Well, because it makes it understandable. I got saved this way. Myself. Watch this. This hand representing you and me. We're going to let my wallet represent our sin. I had two weeks ago. I had somebody write me an email, and they say, "I love that illustration where you use that sin wallet." That's what they called it—a sin wallet. Okay, I understood exactly what they were talking about. This hand representing you and me, this wallet representing all of our sin. Here we are, we are all, you guessed that we are all sinners. The message of the Bible is God loves sinners. He hates our sin, but he loves us. You see, to get to heaven, you have to be sinless in the eyes of God. And none of us are, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. That sin separates us from God. You can't go to heaven with even one sin, not even one. So if you decide, okay, I'm gonna behave myself from this point forward, too late. You've already sinned, you're separated from God. Not only that, but God says we have earned separation from God for all eternity because we have rebelled towards God, all right? Yet the Bible says God loves us, he hates our sin. But God says if we pay for our sin and the payment must be made for our sin, we're gonna spend forever separated from God in hell. He does not want that for us. Yet the best we can do will not take away our sin because God demands a death payment, death payment. We would have to die physically and spend forever separated from God. So what are we gonna do? There's nothing we could do. And that's why Jesus came. The father sent the son to be the savior of the world. First John four, this hand representing God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into the world and when he went to the cross, he took all of your sin, all of my sin upon himself. He took it and he died in our place so we don't have to. He shed his blood making the full payment for sin. He was buried. He came back from the dead three days later. And he says, if you will put your faith in him, if you'll trust in him, he will give you the moment you trust in him, everlasting life. The payment he made for your sin, the moment you trust in Christ, that he did that for you, the payment he made is good on your behalf. All of your sin is forgiven. If all of your sin is forgiven, listen, if sin is what sends you to hell and you don't have any sin to pay for, then what's keeping or what's gonna send you to hell? There's nothing that can send you to hell. Why? There's nothing left to send you there. It was taken care of. Not only that, there's nothing to keep you out of heaven because all your sin has been taken care of. When? The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your savior. Because of that, all your sin is gone. God saves you. He gives you everlasting life. You can know you're going to heaven because he promised it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know it tonight. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you. This, this is the most wonderful message in all the world. I'm so glad this church is focused on it. And this is where it's always stood. By the grace of God, we need to keep standing, don't we?